0: another episode of the root 77 podcast. Today, we're diving deep into the issues of discernment, forgiveness, and the challenging dynamics of relationships. We hope our conversation today brings you some insight and maybe give you a new perspective on the topic. Welcome to the root 77 podcast. I'm Natasha, your host. I am here with Monique. Hello. And David. Hello. And today's topic is a Continuation from last time, which we talked about friendships and the importance of friendships. But then we didn't really talk about discernment and forgiveness. So sometimes there's, there's a lot of discernment needed in life, even for married people and single people, just to people in general. Yep. And then there's always a place needed for forgiveness. And that can be a really difficult thing. Yep. And forgive me because I feel sick. Monique gets sick. So yep. We will work around her the best we can.
1: Yeah. I'll, I will whine and cry only a little bit. So I pray you'll forgive me if
0: I do. So, so, David, you really wanted to talk about this topic and tell us
1: why.
2: When we talked about friendships and relationships last time, a huge part and that it weighed on my heart was is that Jesus taught forgiveness, but he also taught and demonstrated discernment, I guess. Being able to recognize unhealthy relationships our red flags and stuff. One of the huge things I think we have to look at is our ability to be both discerning and forgiving. So what would this look like? This is one I want to get into. What would it look like to be both forgiving and discerning within relationships?
1: Yeah, I like that. He's such a smart boy. Yeah. So well,
0: let's deal with discernment first. What is discernment will be our first
1: question. Monique, what do you think discernment is? For me, it sounds just based upon the sound of the word discernment. It's more like being able to recognize and to be able to recognize the difference between what's good and bad, I guess you could say. So if you were in a relationship with somebody, you would be able to recognize when that person is being Sincere or with that person as being insincere. So it's a recognition word to be. How about you, David?
2: I feel like discernment comes in the category of when you're in a relationship and you're trying to determine whether this relationship is gonna be healthy for me or not. Being able to pick out things that maybe not do not align with your views, or if they have bad habits, etc. Being able to discern between that and then good habits and same beliefs, I think is quite critical with within building these kind of relationships. But at the same time, you have to also realize is that everyone is not perfect. And you have to be able to accept or forgive some transgressions, but at the same time, be able to discern multiple, be able to separate. Do these keep occurring? And how many times do these really occur before I have to say, look, I forgive you, but we can't progress with this relationship kind of thing. So that's what I feel Sermon is being able to recognize bad behaviors or any kind of thing that might affect your relationship with that person and then how they would in- impact you and how that impact would affect others.
0: Yes. And we're called to be discerning as believers. Paul talks about it. What is it? Do you know? What is your discernment?
1: What is your my, my
0: explanation? explanation? You're this caller. So... I think it is. Discernment <laughs> is. Put on my scholar hat. This
1: Misapologetics. <laughs> Working toward her masters. Come on. Not in discernment, though. Not in discernment? Oh.
0: No, I think discernment is some, is the ability to see right from wrong and to see through the base layer or the front of everything and just being able to see down deep into the roots.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is not... Some people have a gift gifting in this area where they have i think a, a, a more natural ability to do this so to
1: see as people's masks
0: yes and some people like i said have a like a god gifted ability in this area but it doesn't mean that we're not all called to it and that just because you're not natural it. that is something that you can develop over time <laughs> and that we're called to develop over time and <clears throat> saying just i don't know i don't know I remember this one actor who is a Christian and he used to just take whatever jobs would come along and not really look too hard and see if it's something he should be playing as a Christian. And he said that he believed that God wouldn't allow a part to come through to him to take that wasn't something he should take. So to me, something to yeah, that doesn't sound like there's going to discernment coming
1: no, it through didn't. there.
0: So just that idea where we just think that God's only going to give us the obvious or mm. that nothing, no decisions or things will ever come to us where we don't have to be discerning. It's, it's, God gives us a free will to say yes or no. Yeah. And he talks about it. He says in Hebrews, it says, who by constant use of trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. It's just like they're told to do this. And Paul talks about in Philippians. May ab- that the Philippians love may abound more and more in knowledge and depths of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. It was interesting because Paul talks about it coming out of love. Right. And I think between the both topics today, discernment and forgiveness, love is the key component. Yeah. So, like I was saying, like this is not something that will come naturally to everybody. And I think our sin nature will fight against it because there's a lot of selfishness within us that we want things to be our way and not have to figure these things out or not work hard enough to figure these things out, just sit down and be like, ah, like it's this not actor. that bad. Yeah, or like this actor, like the only thing that's coming through is the stuff that God wants me to have anyway. There's no idea that, yeah, it was an interesting interview. Uh,
1: well, I think back on my relationship and how... Before I got married, how I saw the red flag, yeah. but I still made the choice, even though part of me was pretty sure that I shouldn't go ahead with this, but I was in that stage of where I know I need to be married, even if it's wrong, I need to be married that's not
0: discerning that's <laughs> stupid and that was the same thing that happened for me. I felt like above all, the end goal of everything was to be married, yep, and so then there I had the wrong discerning motivator (laughs) and and it became like will this get me married yes or no and the answer was yes so therefore it became the right answer yeah instead of discerning what god's will was for me there's discerning other people and there's discerning god we can fix it once the mayor
1: once you're married isn't that the the way we say it isn't that what we tell ourselves tell me did that work for you no did it work for you no
2: both parties have to be willing to fix it
1: And if one party doesn't even recognize that they're doing anything wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, the discernment is just there's so much to it. But it doesn't even have to be in in a marriage relationship because even between friends, and I had this growing up where I had friends who were not very kind to me, but I wanted friends. You're supposed to have friends. Aren't they my friends? But when they started being mean, and it colors how you are with your other relationships, when you do find that true friendship, you're always guarded. You're always guarded. So even in friendships between between normal, just a normal friendship, you also have to be discerning in that too, not just in a romantic relationship. Yeah.
0: And not just in even relationships in life, like your relationship with God, in a sense, where... You're trying to not discern God's motivations and whether He's the right answer, but you're discerning like what He wishes for your life, like what He wants for you to do, in especially in the moment that you're in,
1: say about a work, right? Like about work, yes. Right? If you're in a if you're in a work environment where you are really not happy, maybe God is telling you it's time to move on. That is that requires discernment. So trying too. to understand
0: whether or not where God's leading you in this. And those are some difficult things. So where should we start for discernment? David?
2: It's a good question. Let's, we can start with how, let's start with Jesus. Let's start with how Jesus was was able to show both forgiveness and then discernment on choosing his followers. But I also want to emphasize that Jesus also, this doesn't mean that Jesus blocked everyone else out, he still showed compassion and love to the sinful and to the needy who who may have had bad habits and stuff. So let's, I guess we could start by looking at how Jesus was discerning towards his disciples and other people, and then how that, what that would look like in modern society. Yep. So what the
1: Bible teaches about discernment. Are there verses in the Bible that talk yep. about discernment? You mentioned a couple already.
2: Yeah. There's a few places we can look at when it comes to discernment in, in, in Jesus, but it does it may not directly talk about discernment, but you can actually see how Jesus practices this when it comes to choosing his disciples.
1: I have the one image that comes to my mind right away is the woman that was caught in adultery and how the Pharisees and the scribes all took her to Jesus because in the law of Moses, it says you're supposed to stone such a person And Jesus, all he did was like he was whatever, scribbling in the dirt. And he says, the first person who has never sinned, throw the first stone. And that was his discernment. He discerned the situation. He knew what they were going to do and had a rebuke for it right off the bat. And then when everybody walked away, he turned to the woman and said, where are your accusers? And she said, they've all left. And he said, then I also... Don't accuse you. Go and well, sin, sin no
0: more, but he still obeyed her to no not sin again. Yeah, not sin like that. Yeah, again. But I think with Jesus too, like when he chose those to put around himself, the ones that were the closest to him, with the apostles yeah. and some of his followers, they were not the people that anybody would have chose.
1: No, and he also chose one who he knew would be instrumental yeah. in his. Crucifixion. Crucifixion. And I think that's something that people struggle with, too, when it comes to that. Yeah.
2: But those... are so uh, a big thing. So, uh, yeah, you're right when Jesus chose abnormal circumstances when it came to it. But he didn't discern based off social status or background. No. He discerned off their hearts. We have to recognize what discernment looked like for Jesus, because what we may see as discernment now was is probably nothing like how Jesus perceived it because he didn't pick his followers out of back out of what society expected him to pick his followers out of he didn't look at he didn't look at their background or their standing in their in, in their communities or society he, he picked out what was in their hearts and whether they were sincere and all this so
1: yeah
0: Jesus was able to see discern the people around him. And even whenever it was interesting, too, is he was able, even able to discern when the Pharisees and the scribes and the leaders, the Jewish leaders, they came to him with questions and things that they wanted to try to trick Jesus into saying some things. But then he was able to discern not only like that, that they were trying to trick him or anything, but but they were just he was able to discern their true Motivation. Uh, motivation and answer that yeah. so he was able to look beyond
1: what was in front of him and he had amazing foresight but then that's who he was i muddled through half the time i just i have no idea what you're talking about yeah probably like seeing jesus do
0: this so well it can be a little daunting and be like how do we ever match match we're not god and <laughs> But the thing is we have a good thing. we have the Holy Spirit within us. Yep. That is part of the I think I believe the job of the Holy Spirit is to help us in the areas of discernment and as one of them. And in I the think areas. prayer is a really big
1: what like, word am I trying to find here?
0: Big aspect of it. Yeah. But if you look at any of the times that Jesus said anything to people to rebuke or to challenge. He almost always referred to scripture, Old Testament scripture, and used it within its correct context. And it just goes to show you that, yes, prayer is definitely high on the list of things that you need for discernment, but also reading the scripture, like really getting into it, reading it every day where you
1: know the heart of God. Yeah. Yeah. And not just la di da 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 Okay. But actually read it for what it says. And, and if you can read it with other people where you can actually do a study on it, that might even be because other people can help you see things that you may not see in the, you know, in the verses. Exactly. So in dealing with trying to
0: develop relationships, whether they are possible romantic relationships, or if it's friendship relationships, work relationships, work friendships, family, even, there's there needs to be a certain level of discernment where we like understand who the where we can come to understand who the people are that we've put around us. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that, like David said, he did. Jesus was open. His heart was open and loving to everyone. But that wasn't weren't the people that he pulled around himself for when he needed them
1: most. Yeah.
0: And yeah. so it doesn't mean that we are to like just throw people away. And yet you need to understand where is the correct time and place for some people when it comes to things like abuse and whatnot their the time and place may be very small just
1: existing in the same universe pretty much <laughs> yeah even i think when it comes to things like discernment a lot of people they always look outside of their family unit because they believe that family is what family is But sometimes even your family can be a place that is harmful, and you need to look at that too and be discerning. And maybe in some cases, it's hard to not associate with family members, but you can always limit the amount of time. There is is a book that I read a long time ago called The Dance of Anger, and that book talked about the dynamics between relationships and how sometimes we have our own issues that we need to deal with when it comes to relationships. It's not a Christian book, but it is a psychological book that deals with the narcissistic relationships and relationships where one person has so much power and control over another person, even in family members. And it talks about how you can deal with that kind of thing. It's a really good book. I don't know if it's still in print. It should be. It was, And it was one of the books when I was dealing with my own issues regarding family relationships that somebody had given to me and told me. Try to read this book because it actually helped me a lot and it may not have given me really good but it really made me see how relationships and triangular relationships and, and dealing with people who demand from you when you don't when it's not their place to do that kind of thing. So even in not say a parent and sibling where the parent expects from one person and when you don't meet those expectations and a lot of anger is so, it's a good book worth reading. And it's, and it, I remember it, the name. it's called The Dance of Anger. Good. I can't remember who wrote it though.
0: So, yeah. So it's not an, it's not something that's easy. I don't think in general okay. discernment. I think
1: if it were easy, it is actually available on Amazon. Okay. Harriet Lerner PhD. So she is a psychologist. Okay. Good to know. A Woman's Guide to Changing the Patterns of Intimate Relationships. And it's not necessarily because she talks about family relationships as well. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. On Amazon. Anger is something we feel and it exists for a reason. So there you have it. That's my plug. I'm done. I'll go to bed. Good night. What do you think about this, David? About like discernment
0: in relationships when it comes to the romantic ones or even family ones are a little trickier to
1: navigate.
2: The question. I can't give a whole lot of feedback on this. When it comes to at least dating and marriage, but so, nice
1: dating and marriage though
2: I know that's I explicitly said those two things, but it is a bit trickier when it comes to that family or friends family in general, because you can't exactly well, i guess you could, but they're Christian. it's much harder to disconnect anyway if you feel like they're being influenced. But what Jesus also did is he provided a way for people to—he showed love and compassion. And at the same time, he expressed his willingness and want to guide them to transformation. So I think what we can do is we should discern these things. And if we care about these people in a matter that is in regards to being family or being very close friends or our brothers or sisters— I think one of the big things is that we may have to push more strongly on the idea that we have to try and guide them, even if they may not want it, but guide them to a kind of transformation within themselves and when it, and then with God.
1: The more I think about this discernment thing, another book that came to mind, because really I think what discernment is boundaries. I think it yeah, can be a part of it. A mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. Dr. Henry Cloud. And John Townsend have written the book Boundaries. And if the book, The Dance of Anger, because it's not a Christian book, doesn't appeal to you, Boundaries is the same sort of thing. And that is from a Christian perspective. Highly recommended. Yes, I did read it. Yes, I did do the work on it. Because that's where I think we
0: can maybe slide over towards forgiveness. Yep. Is that what we need to understand first what is forgiveness? and what and how that connects with discernment. But what do you believe forgiveness is, David?
2: So if we, look at, if we look at how Jesus forgave people, he forgave them, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he overlooked or forgot about, in a way, their transgression or their sin. So what he did is he forgave them, but also made it apparent and very strongly that they needed to repent because he said, go sin no more. So a lot of, I think, forgiveness and repentance are one are a very entangled together.
1: Yes, we would hope anyway. Yes. Here's a definition of unforgiveness, and it's a coined phrase that a lot of people have heard and said, and even the pastor mentioned it. Unforgiveness is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah, because we're holding on, we're nurturing yeah. something that is not good for us it unforgiveness actually holds you prisoner to the whatever it was that you are unforgiving toward and the person and it makes them live in your head you constantly it's like you're dragging that person around with you and living it all the time you're not harming that person because that person doesn't care yeah you're only harming yourself
0: i remember too like one time at my work i had a person that like really hurt me with something that they said. And I was really upset. And my mind was like, I, in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to forgive this person. They never asked for forgiveness or anything. As far as they know, they don't think they believe they did anything wrong. But my, my in my heart, I was like, I am not forgiving this person. I'll have to work with them and I can be nice to them, but I don't have to forgive them. And it didn't take very long before my attitude towards them changed. And then something happened and somebody else was making a comment about this person. It was more like a question about something. And my response to the question was very negative. But then I found out like something later that it like the real like what I should have said wasn't negative. Like it was nothing the other person had done wrong. But because I had harbored that unforgiveness, it, was, yeah. it changed how I thought of the person. It changed how I like just treated the person when they weren't around because you can be like nice to their face but not you know? totally, no. so it really I just remember because it was something I specifically was like it won't matter if I don't forgive this person it's not <laughs> going to affect anything I'll just still be nice to the person and not but it just it changes your heart towards them and whether or not the person you feel is deserving it might be somebody who like who honestly did hurt you very much and it was something that you can't you're completely okay with being hurt over it's you're allowed to feel hurt over it what i mean yeah. but by refusing forgiveness in your heart it changes your heart to where you you hold on to these things and it just twists things up and it like you said it just lives inside you and it yeah
1: it's a rotting corpse that lives in your head
0: yeah and there's no need for it nope.
1: eventually it starts to smell Yes. Starts to rot everything else in between. If you've ever seen a science experiment in your fridge and it's in the it's in a it's in a, a fake, it yeah. But it has grown and it's green and black and it's gone into the plastic You're and it's no good value. except for the garbage. Well,
2: if you want a very good example of unforgiveness, you can look at the unforgiving servant in Matthew eighteen, twenty one to thirty five, where the servant owes a great deal to the king and the king forgives the servant for the, his debt. Then doesn't forgive his own servant, for owing a very little debt. So I think if you want an example of unforgiveness, I think that one is a very good example.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, but I think the big thing here is this is where discernment comes in. The question really is not, should I forgive that person? Because that question we just answered, God has answered, yes, you should forgive. And two, I'm not going to say that forgiveness is an easy road. No, this could be a long term thing that you have to pray about a lot and uh, work through a lot of things and maybe need counseling and whatever to help you work through stuff. What I mean is that there's some people that think if you forgive the person, then you should be able to be friends with them again or be around them or any of these things. Some sort of relationship, some sort of relationship, even if it's just like an acquaintance, like you see them at something, but. This is where discernment comes in. Like you can forgive. And but yet, it doesn't mean you throw yourself
1: back into the frying pan.
0: No, or back into the relationship, or even that you need to be around that person in a it regularly.
1: It's, it, and it, it is one of those kind of things that if you're, if you've ever been in an abusive relationship and you have these well-meaning Christians who say you have got to forgive, the first thing that comes to your mind is so. If I forgive him, does that mean I have to be with him? Especially if it's a, in a if you're in a marriage relationship, and you've got adultery, physical violence, even mental violence, right. anything like that, you forgive for your sake,
0: and because God asks us to forgive yeah. the other people, yeah. it's but it doesn't mean that God's calling you back into
1: the same relationship. No, no. Because there's got to be fruit of change, and especially if it's an abusive relationship, that can take many years of therapy before any kind of change
0: can be.
2: And, and
0: if there's people in the church who want to come around a person and help, you know, them with the, this process, that's great. I think that's what a family of a church is. It doesn't mean that the person who is the victim of this. Person has to be around them. Yeah. You can lift up and encourage and try to get help for the person by doing it for the person who's
1: been hurt. Yeah. yeah. So and this do, is where the church discipline comes in as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: That's where I, they do talk about how like you, you bring it up in private and then you escalate it to the point of where like you the have person to won't change, They have to leave. Yeah. They have to leave because it's not beneficial for the church community as a whole yep. because they're not showing any fruit of good fruit of change
1: or any willingness to do the work to change yeah so it's it can be it can be
0: difficult because you do have people around you especially well-meaning friends and family who are like yeah you can give them another chance and give this person another chance or give, if it's a, even a friendship or a romantic relationship and the thing is they don't always know the journey you've been in and what's been gone on and people need to be able to come around these people who have been hurt and allow them to yes forgive but not have to be in the same relationship again
1: and if you're that person on the other side who is trying to help somebody in that kind of a situation you need to be firm in that with them to let them know that You're not telling them that they need to go right back into that dangerous relationship, but what you're trying to do is to help them to heal so that they can move on with their life and who knows where God will bring things after. And
0: then there's the times when there should be encouragement to resume the same relationship. So there are times when you may want to forgive and not see the person again and not do this and not do that, and yet you are called to Go back into fellowship with that person, whether it's a friend or a church member or a spouse. And that's where it's the difficulty. Like, why is it okay for this person to never see that person again? And why is it not okay for this person? And it's this is the discernment side of things. Like, what is one, what is God calling in the moment? And two, what is the does the Bible say about this? And it's not an easy task to just to figure out relationships especially like romantic ones because there can be a lot of hurt but when it comes of- to even like friendships and stuff friendships can be destroyed and never recovered because there's a hardness of heart where they don't want to come back from it there's, I don't think there's an easy answer that you can just apply. Which category to make up or not make up is the question. No, like it, there's a lot of different scenarios. There's a lot of different things that go into it,
1: a lot of discernment that is required. Yeah.
0: And I think this is why you need to have that solid group of friendship around you people who will speak truth to you. And if they say something like, this is not a healthy relationship for you this is something that you should not get back
1: into then it's something you might want to listen to do not be afraid to be single no and I think that was my biggest thing that I stayed in my relationship is that I was afraid to be single even though it was painful even though it was toxic even though it was wrong on a lot of levels I chose to stay in it because I was afraid to be single. I was afraid I would be lonely. I was afraid that I would have these unmet desires. These things, if the church family rallied around these people who are struggling like that, these kind of feelings would probably be a lot less in these kind of situations. Because you don't really
0: realize it's an option. Yeah. And it's difficult because we want to talk about this from also like a friendship perspective, but I think there's like a friendship relationship and a romantic relationship have two completely different facets. They're two yeah. completely different things and they're going to fall differently yeah. when there's disagreement, when there's hurt. Yeah. And yeah, like, it, like it, a person who has an affair and a marriage may be truly repentant and wish their marriage back but the person the non-offending party does not have to stay in that relationship and it might be one that people encourage if they feel like there's a true repentance and yet yeah did you have anything to say about this part of it david with the discernment with forgiveness it seems to be like the road that you wanted to explore
2: yeah i would try to emphasize to look at how jesus dealt with discernment and forgiveness and i think one of I think what we really need to look at, too, is Judas, how Jesus was able to discern the relationship he had with Judas, but also emphasized that Jesus, he not only was able to discern and says, this is going to be bad relationship, this might be not a very good or healthy relationship because Judas ended up betraying him in the end and ultimately led to his crucifixion. But at the same time, Jesus really wanted him. He saw the potential for his repentance and for his forgiveness there. So Jesus pursued that. So I think what discernment and forgiveness look like is something along the realms of what happened with Judas.
1: Do you think that's true? I'm thinking, trying to find times where Jesus spoke to Judas about repenting and changing his way. He would have been around that message for he his would have entire been around. Yeah, he would have been. But yep. would you not think because... Jesus knew where he was, where his ultimate end was going to be, and he needed that betrayal person. I'm gonna pay but I wanna be a a devil's advocate here. Do you think that he already knew that this is what Judas was going to do and he needed him for that purpose? Oh yeah, okay. Uh... Because Judas hung himself. He never repented, even though he was around the message.
2: No. And I think, Monique, the critical point there is that Jesus saw the potential repentance and forgiveness, and he sought that out. He tried to, even though Jesus knew, this gets gets very complex and deep, because obviously (laughs) Jesus was all-knowing. But even still, Jesus saw what would happen. He still decided to pursue Judas. Like, why would money then in in your scenario why would he even bother with judas because obviously the crucifixion was going to happen either one way whether judas was there or not because of the pharisees and the people
1: yeah but they but see in the bible it says that they were looking for a way and at the last supper jesus turns to him and says go and do what you were so yeah he knows he knew, he, he knows, knows the
0: type of person that he was, but then yet still showed love to him.
2: Oh, I
1: don't disagree with
2: that. Yeah, th- that's that, that's ultimately my point, because you can discern a bad relationship or a decision someone else might make in the future, depending on their past decisions and stuff. So you so we may not know 100 percent what's going to happen, but we can like family members predict or finish each other's sentences in a way. What that person would do, And what would that look like when it comes when he, into discerning and forgiveness, and I think the, what Jesus did with Judas, how he showed compassion and love, and how he, he knew that every person, whether or not they, whether or not he knew or not, whether they're going to betray or not, or sin or not, how Jesus still showed that willingness to come out and say, "Look, I love you, I have compassion for you." repent, move on, because if Jesus, Jesus didn't have to show any of that, and it would strengthen Judas' decision then to actually sell Jesus' location in the end. And listen. Jesus didn't technically have to show the compassion and love in order for Jesus to do that. In fact, in, in, I would argue in some cases that showing the compassion and love would weaken his, his motivation to actually betray Jesus.
0: And also, you, if you look... Judas was not one of the few that he took, that Jesus took to the Garden of Gethsemane to, to put around him to pray before all that happened. He only had a select. He had a select few. So it really shows like the importance of having those few totally trusted people around you in times that have, of distress or decision-making or
1: any of these things. It's funny when we talk about this kind of thing. If you look at Peter, we know that Peter denied Christ three times before his crucifixion and realized what he'd done. But in the end, God, Jesus went back to him after his resurrection and said, Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times as a counteract. Yeah. I'm told that it was a counteract to his denial of three times. So God knows the heart. And Jesus, like what, how he treated Judas, is no different of how he treats every single solitary person on this earth. And I think,
0: too, there's always a difficulty because there's Jesus, the man, and Jesus, the God. And so you try to figure out what, where does, G, like, and there's not really a real answer, but where does the human end and the God begin or vice versa? Meaning how much of Jesus' discernment was because he was God and how much could he have figured out had he been merely a man? And I think that Jesus, the man, being both man and God, will give us the example of something that we could attain is possible for humans to do. I believe in the scenarios where Jesus chose those to be around him or knew what the Pharisees were wanting really was maybe partial. I don't know if it was like divine or that through the human side of him was capable of discerning with God. So like within, with the Holy, so I know it's very choppy way of saying it. It's hard to explain it. It's something that us
1: with the Holy spirit living within us is capable of doing. Regardless of who the person is, we can always treat them with love and respect as what they say, image bearers of God, right? Yes. So even if the person is a horrible rotter to say the British way, it's still within your ability to be kind to be respectful, but not to put yourself in the situation where that person can hurt you. And when it comes to even reaching for the lost, we can still do the same thing because God loves everybody and we have no idea what God's plan for that person is. Our responsibility is still to bring them the good news and to share the love of Christ. Yes. So then it's just
0: like, where it's just how much do you put the people around you? when forgiveness is needed. Yeah. And discernment. Discernment is needed for that to answer that question. And so we go back to where it talks about the Bible, like when Philippians, they all focused on love as being the basically the base the basis for discernment. And also I believe forgiveness. Yeah. If you have love for a person and it doesn't have to be romantic love. It doesn't have to be family love or friendship love. It's just the love of that they're a human person, that image yeah. bear of God, like Monique said the way that you will discern and forgive will be highly affected by that love. And again, I have chosen to have no contact with my ex-husband. I have no desire for him to be in my life, but how I have, and I believe that this is where God's calling me in this relationship. My ex-husband's life is his life. He has to stand before God. I have no desire for bad things for him. I'm not going to try to get his business in trouble, him in trouble, nothing like that. I'm not trying to no revenge, no revenge or anything. Um, I hope he does well with his life, but I believe that God's calling me while I forgive. I have forgiveness for him. It's calling me to not be in, in relationship in any way with him. And that it's now some like other Christian's responsibility to take up that yeah. in, in his life. And there's no longer my responsibility. So that's how I felt. Like, I felt, I believe I've forgiven my ex-husband. And I feel like, but I feel like that, yeah, that, that relationship between him and I on this earth, as far as I'm in control of anything, is that it's at, and only, the only further sort of relationship there will be is if he has a truly repentant heart or be in heaven. Yep,
1: I have friends I can't say about my husband because he's, he's passed on. So there is nothing, there is no nothing anymore. Forgiveness is just far for the course. But I have friends who still walk this earth. They are actually ex friends, Christian friends, probably believable, believing friends. Their fruit toward me leaves a little bit to be, but I've had to let them go. And when it comes to friendships, as opposed to a romantic relationship. It's easier to let go of, because you don't have that romantic love time. And for me with friends, it's really hard. I have my best friend, Michelle, that I grew up since I was 12, and she just also I love you. And I'm like, what? Why? What? And my coworker, Tamara, she says it to her girlfriends all the time. And she says, it's a very normal thing for her. And I'm going, it is? Why? For me, it's very difficult because I didn't grow up with that. And most of the friends I had around me were not that close. And Michelle is the only one growing up that ever became that close to me. But even still, we had our conflicts and we had our separations and time like that as well. But to hear that from a friend is strange for me. And something that I'm, God, can we work on that? But so I never had really close-knit friends where if they, if something happened, I would be devastated. Today, that's a very different story. Now I have a number of really close friends, you and David, for example, Jenna as well, that, and Michelle, obviously, that if something happened, I would probably be devastated. Because I have changed my circle of friends to people that I can trust. And that makes a difference.
0: Any final words from you, David?
1: Do you feel like we covered this topic where you wanted to
0: go?
2: Pretty much. What's missing? I can't think of anything out of the top of my head.
1: This is not an exhaustive, like, we're yeah. just about so there's so much that can be unpacked in this subject. And we can always return to it another well, Down.: the Okay,
2: list. okay, let me say this. When it comes to Jesus, I think we have to keep in mind his godly nature. But at the same time, in order to be an example to us, he has to do things that would really be redundant in a godly manner. For example, showing love, kindness, and compassion to Judas. Even though God knew, even though everything you said, Monique and Natasha, about him and about how he, he knows God, he still has to show us an example of what it would look like to be loving and to be compassionate and to be forgiving in regards of that betrayal, because we're not always going to have stuff revealed to us like Jesus had. And I think it emphasizes how we should be treating people that we may not necessarily know will become like Judas. Who will or or who will betray us or who will might mean We won't know these things. So in place of that, Jesus says, this is what I've done with Judas, even though he ended up being the betrayer and stuff, you won't necessarily know that your friend or your person or your close one will be like him, but still show love and compassion and still try to be there to help guide that person into a transformation for the Lord.
1: Here's where... When you said that, so we don't know if our friend is going to be John or Judas, like Jesus, right?
2: I want to emphasize more, I'm more talking about the actions themselves.
1: Yes, because if you you look at John, like even in the book of John, he is the the disciple that Jesus loved. Did he say that himself? (laughs) He, He was a beloved disciple where Jesus actually trusted him to take care of his mother. So when we make our friendships At the beginning, we will not know if our friend is going to be a John friend or a Judas friend.
2: Uh, No, exactly what my point was. We we won't have that kind of distinction or discernment like Jesus had.
1: At the offset. No, it comes with learning about people's character and learning to understand them.
0: Learning to understand God's character and then seeing the people, the character of the people around us. Again, yes. we're not all robots. We're not in no. perfect. So we're not looking for, if you don't hit the God marks, see you later.
2: But there's. But so- I <laughs> want to also say at the same time Jesus had this godly discernment, we also have a type of godly discernment. We have prayer and we have the Holy Spirit. These two things can enable us to have revelations or reveal certain things or charistics about a person. Sorry, I interrupted you
1: sounds no, oh, good sounds good. good
0: i think that's a good place to stop yep anything on the last minute to add anybody nope no nope. you're good david
1: yep i'm good okay
0: we've reached the end of okay. our podcast we thank you all for listening it has been hopefully an enlightening conversation but like we said this is not an exhaustive discussion about discernment and forgiveness it's just talking about it in some ways that might be applicable to those especially single people coming out of relationships or trying to find friend relationships we've probably just scratched the surface yeah there's lots of other stuff we could say yeah so we thank you for listening and if you want to contact us you can email us at root77ministries at gmail.com that's r-o-u-t-e 77ministries at gmail.com or find us on Facebook Instagram or Twitter yes and
1: we will contact you back
0: Yes, we will answer your queries. So please let us know if there's anything you want to hear us discuss or to let us know what you think. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from you. We also ask if you could go and, and subscribe to our podcast, all of the
1: on all the, platform. on the
0: platforms that you listen to, whatever platform you listen to. It helps Google Podcast, account, Apple, po- Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, yep. all the major podcast yep. carriers. And the more reviews that we get and stars then the more our podcast can be known yep so we thank you for that yep in advance and we'll see you here next time thank you and have a good evening or day
2: have a good evening or day
0: thank you for listening to the route 77 podcast we hope our discussion around discernment and forgiveness has resonated with you and perhaps provided some food for thought We're thankful for each of you tuning in to listen. Until next time, stay safe, stay curious, and live your single life to its fullest.